Welcome to Legacy Fundraising Chat, where we talk about everything legacy-related to help you as a fundraiser generate more interest amongst your supporters in legacy giving. I'm your host, Sunita Godu, founder of Persuasion and Legacy Marketer, providing consultancy, training, coaching, and interim legacy support to small to medium-sized charities. I'm delighted that the National Free Wills Network is sponsoring my podcast. They allow you to offer your supporters a free solicitor written will anywhere in the UK, and the charity receives full measurable results. With 15 years of experience and over 500 million raised in future income for charities, the network can help charities of all shapes and sizes launch and maximise their legacy programmes. To find out more, visit nationalfreewills.net. Welcome to episode 25, why and how to celebrate your legacy wins and setbacks. So for many charities, April marks the start of a new year where you'll naturally be looking at budgets and resource for the coming year. If your financial term runs from January to December, this episode is still relevant and you can still use the principles to apply to your financial year just gone. As well as looking at budgets and resources, all very fundamental stuff, are you also taking the time to look back at the year at your legacy successes and celebrating these achievements? You may even be surprised what was a win as we delve further into this episode. Also, what you might have classed as a failure or even a disaster is a learning opportunity. And it may not necessarily mean that you stop whatever didn't go well and it for never to be spoken again. But are there aspects that with some tweaking could have gone a bit better? So in this episode, we're covering the why, how and what of legacy successes and how to learn from setbacks. So what have you classed as success? Naturally, anything that met target or exceeded in terms of numbers. Are you categorising the number of people that responded with a positive but did not necessarily express interest as a legacy inquirer or confirm their pledger status? For example, did supporters write back to say that they were pleased to support in other ways and that they're glad for the updates that you give them? What about the number of people that responded with extra contact details? A phone number, an email address? That's quite telling in itself, isn't it? And what about the number of people that liked, shared and commented on your legacy social posts? I highly recommend that you ensure you document all of this into the campaign or end of your evaluation so you have it all there to refer to at a later date. I appreciate that none of this stands up in a room of financial bodies, but that doesn't mean it isn't worth recognising. And it shows that your supporters are engaged. Just because a supporter doesn't respond in the exact way that we want them to at the exact time, that doesn't mean that they aren't a future legacy prospect or even may have included your charity in their will already. So why celebrate wins? I've worked in charities and with clients who have achieved phenomenal results. And before you can say legacy, they've moved on to planning their next legacy campaign. Please stop there. Take the time to reflect, discuss with your team and whoever else was involved. If you're someone that has set the bar so high 
that whatever you do, you can do it better than you must celebrate your successes. I appreciate that sometimes it can be ingrained in us to be modest and sharing your success can be seen as bragging. Well, it's not. A quick rundown of why I think you should celebrate your wins. Number one, it can give you a real confidence boost. Often as fundraisers, we're always in new territory, trying new things. Isn't it good to know that when you're attempting something new, that you have a history of having done similar before? If anything, you will inspire others. Surely it's worth sharing your success, if only for that reason. If other people were involved in the successes, and there often is, It gives you an opportunity to thank them and recognise their efforts too. Now, how nice is that? Research and our own minds tell us that the more we celebrate a win, the better it makes us feel, releasing those happy hormones. So just a recap of that. One, it can give us a confidence boost. Two, it can inspire others. Three, it gives you an opportunity to thank those other people that were involved. And the research tells us that it makes us feel better. Whenever I'm managing a legacy campaign, I make sure there's a wash-up meeting. This is diarised before the campaign even starts, because everyone needs to know that it's part of the campaign. Their presence is vital, and we're going to talk about how it went. So what happens when you don't celebrate wins? Well, the opposite of what happens when you celebrate. Everyone involved, including you, just doesn't know how brilliant it was. You move on to the next project, most doubtedly feeling overwhelmed and in the process burning out. So now that we have established that you will always celebrate your successes, the question is how? So with your team, with the people that were involved, Go out for lunch, a virtual lunch if it has to be. Send everyone a thank you note with details of the successes of the project. Within your organisation, you can share across your charity. Do a slide deck, send in your internal news, put it on your intranet, email your volunteers. And externally, you can share on social media, email your supporters, including your next supporter newsletter. And then, before you move on to the next project, I know you've already started planning it, take some moments to bask in all that. So what are you classing as a failure? Similarly, as we touched on in the successes, there may have been things that you classed as a failure when actually it was a small win. Just not the response that you had hoped for when you set the target. There are naturally always going to be activities that do not go according to plan. That, unfortunately, is the nature of marketing. That is how you find out what works by testing and learning and adapting. If you didn't have any failures or setbacks, as I prefer to call them, you could argue that maybe you didn't do enough testing. There is something to learn from that too. Common complaints or failures I hear from clients and charities who didn't do the level of legacy marketing they wanted to is mainly due to running out of time. And they hoped to do so much more in that time. Now, this often falls into a couple of areas. Number one, events happened outside of your control that you had to reprioritize. 
This could be a reduced team, external financial factors, or change of direction within your organization. So it meant that you concentrated on other things, leaving no time for legacy marketing. You got sign off approval to get the work done too late in the financial year. Number three, you didn't schedule it in, therefore it got missed. If you're a sole fundraiser, this is especially important. With so many plates to spin, it's easy to sideline a legacy ask or, do, or forget to do that telemarketing campaign because you're under pressure to bring in money now. Of course, this is a perpetual cycle. If Legacies is promoted regularly, your charity would be receiving legacy income and therefore left emphasis on cash now and allowing you to develop and deliver a long-term legacy program. There is a lot of learning from this. If the sign-off took longer than expected, you know to factor this in for next time. Naturally, ensuring that you schedule something in early on in the year will help you to stay on track. Make a date with your legacy plan in your diary. Pin it to the wall. Make it a screensaver. Okay, you might think that's going a bit too far. Though whatever it takes so you aren't left at the end of the year wishing you hadn't run out of time. So just takeaways from this episode. Write down all the successes and what you can learn from the setbacks from the last year. Make a plan of how you're going to celebrate the successes and go do that. Make a commitment that you will either after every campaign or every financial quarter, at the very least, do a review. And that's all I have for this one. If you do need some extra guidance around anything that I have talked about today, drop me an email at sunita at persuasion.org.uk or book a call with me via my website. Here's to your success. Thank you so much for tuning in to Legacy Fundraising Chat brought to you by Persuasion, providing consultancy training and coaching to help fundraisers just like you. Thank you for everything that you do for your charitable organisation and the third sector, making it an inspiring place to work. I'm your host, Sunita Gudu, championing your legacy fundraising efforts.